Good morning, everyone. Hey, Matthew chapter 5, let's jump right in. We finally reached the finish line. Message number 10 of this series, Chasing Perfection. Message number 20 in the book of Matthew as we've been learning the ways of Jesus so we can live like Jesus. It's so good to see you all here. For those of you in our video teaching services, 930 at SCA, good morning. Thanks for being on mission with us. Our 11 a.m. back in the main house, thanks for being on mission with us. Remember, we'll be teaching live through Mother's Day uh, over at Summit Christian Academy at 11 o'clock. So if you want to come over and join us, we would love to have you there. And for those of you watching online, so last week when I got back to my office, I I had texts from friends watching all over the country. I had texts from South Florida of people watching our messages on the beach. Thank you for reminding me that I'm not there. I had friends from the Caribbean who literally hiked to the top of a mountain and watched church together on the top of a mountain overlooking the Caribbean. Thanks for reminding me that I'm not there. And I had friends from Hawaii who texted me their picture that, hey, we are enjoying church in Hawaii while we were all stuck enjoying church here. So thank you for that. And for the group of Chinese young ladies who every week watches our church in Panama, and English is one of the five languages you speak, I want you to know Ashley and Emily told me that I speak too fast for you to follow along. I'm sorry, but we are so grateful to have you as a part of our church every week. Uh, And I'll say this slowly, we love you and we are proud of you. Are we not? I mean, like people all over the world, people all over the world are having church with us today, which is so exciting. Hey, remember on Mother's Day that we're all going to be together. Let's, there we go. Nope. Yep, yep, they were, whew, it's like crazy. It's possessed today. Uh, we're doing Mother's Day together at Journey. So two weeks, uh, we will not have any services at Summit Christian Academy. We'll be right here. We're asking 100 people at our 9.30 and 11 o'clock services to either come on Saturday night or to come on Sunday morning. If you are a mom who says, I would love on Mother's Day not even to have to get out of bed, get my kids ready, wrestle with them all the way to church, uh, just be able to stay home and have my family serve me. Come Saturday at 5, celebrate Mother's Day with us. We just as a congregation want to all be together Mother's Day weekend, not have to have a video message, not have to be in different places. So we would love for you and Grandma to come together, but we're going to have to fill up Saturday night and fill up 8 a.m. so that we don't turn anyone away at 9.30 or 11. It'll be our last big service before our big building is open. Thank God. So hopefully we're going to get into a rhythm of being together. Um, We're going to practice on Mother's Day, but we need a Saturday night to do that. Week number 10, we have finally reached the end of Matthew chapter 5. We're to the grand finale. The finish line of Matthew 5 is the theme verse of this series the last 10 weeks. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. If you've been a part of this series, you know that's not even possible, and that's the point. The point of this series has been to learn how much we have to depend on Jesus to live like Jesus. And that has been the point of this entire chapter. That is the point of having a relationship with Jesus to live enough like him that people see your faith and understand who God is. We've got three goals as we close out the service today. Here they are. Here's what we want to try to accomplish. Number one, to understand the call of Jesus to his followers. We're going to go back 10 weeks to message number one, and we're going to see how this entire kind of season of discipleship kicks off and what Jesus is trying to accomplish through his teaching. We are going to watch Jesus practice what he preaches. We have something that his original audience did not have. His original audience taught him teach, but they didn't know whether it was possible to do what he was teaching. Because we have the rest of Jesus' life, we have the ability to know that he did what he taught. 
He didn't just teach but not do. He did what he taught, which shows us that it can be done, and we're going to realize why Jesus can be our only standard. Everybody say, Jesus. He's the guy that we have to be like if we want to show the world the God we serve. He's going to, in Matthew 5, teach us three groups of people that we have to be better than. And he's going to show us that we have to be like him, especially when dealing with difficult people. And that's been kind of the focus that we've been in the last few weeks, Jesus and difficult people. How do we deal with people that we can't trust in a way that honors Jesus and looks like Jesus? How do we deal with jerks? That's what we talked about last week. How do you deal with jerks who want to destroy your life and instead allow them to deepen your life spiritually? And today we see the reason that Jesus is teaching us this whole content anyway. Jesus wants the world to know who he is, and he plans to accomplish that through you and I living like him. So we're going to see the only standard that we can follow dealing with difficult people in a way that honors Jesus. Before we ever read God's word, we always pray and ask God to speak to our hearts. Would you bow your heads quickly with me here in our video teaching service in Hawaii, in the Caribbean, in Panama, wherever you might be. Bow your heads. Take a deep breath. And two prayers to settle your heart into this moment. One, a prayer of confession. Ask that God would cleanse your heart of anything that right now might be standing in the way of hearing from him. Just ask him to cleanse your heart from the mess of the week that life often is. And ask him to speak to you and tell him you'll listen. God, that's our prayer today, that you'll cleanse our hearts of just what happens when you live a life in the world that we live in and you live through a week in a world that we live in. Just cleanse our hearts so that there's nothing distracting us from you. And Lord, speak to us. We'll be listening. Show us how important it is this morning to be like Jesus so that we can be used of Jesus, so that we can show the world who Jesus is and show the world how he loves even the most difficult people in the world that we know. Show us how to live like Jesus so they can see you through our lives. That's our prayer. And God, we ask it today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 5, we're going to be in verses 43 through 48. As we finally finish this chapter, it says this, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. And sins reign on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. We're going to start today with a challenge because this entire series began 10 weeks ago with a challenge in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. In the fall of last year, we spent 10 weeks in the first part of Matthew 5, what scripture calls the Beatitudes, and we learned the ways of Jesus. If you're new to our church or you were not here last fall, I encourage you to go back and listen to the first part of Matthew chapter 5. Find that series, The Way of Jesus, and learn who he is through the first part of Matthew chapter 5. But when we got to the end of learning how to live like Jesus, he gave us this challenge. And here was the challenge in Matthew chapter 5, 13 through 16. We started this whole series 10 weeks ago with this. You are the salt of the earth. We learned how to be salty. If the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. 
A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I had a chance this week to, to go and close in prayer a, a college signing ceremony of one of the kids in our church who signed to play college football. And I was so proud of his dad who, although he has not had a child in children's ministry for seven years, every week faithfully serves in our fourth and fifth grade ministry. We need more men willing to serve in our children's ministry so our kids can see what a man who loves God looks like men. We need your help. But he stood up and he spoke this verse over his son, Matthew five sixteen, which was my life verse when I was in high school and college. Let your light shine before others so people can see your good deeds and glorify your God in heaven. He literally told his son, God has gifted you to do what you do so that you can show the world who he is. The challenge of Matthew five thirteen through 16 is this. Live your life in a way that shows people who God is. Live your life in a way that shows people who God is. So we've been learning that spirituality has to be more than skin deep. Spirituality has to impact your heart or you'll never live in a way that shows people who Jesus is. We learned that you can't show people who Jesus is if you're killing them with your hands. But you also can't show them who Jesus is if you're killing them with your words or your posts. You can't even show people who Jesus is if you're killing them with your heart, if you, if you hold anger and bitterness and envy in your heart. We're learning, then, we're learning that our marriages, when they are most broken during the most difficult days, have a chance to show the world who Jesus is in a way that nothing else does. We're learning that loving broken people and giving them hope shows people who Jesus is in a way that nothing else does. And we're learning that our integrity and our patience has to leave room for God to work and the length of our nose is how long we give God to work. The length of our reaction is how much time we give Jesus to work. All of those things we're learning for one reason, so that we can show people who God is. We're trying to learn to live our life in a way that shows people who God is. You say, how, how do we really, like, I want people to know who God is, but can you summarize it for me? Yeah, I can, because we have a model. We have a model, and his name is Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. He's a pretty big deal around here. We talk about him every week. We usually say his name. I pray that Sunday is not the only day of the week you say the name Jesus. I hope you're talking to him by name on a daily basis. Matthew 5, 48, Jesus says, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. If you haven't memorized this verse yet, if you're not sick of this verse yet, then this series needs to go longer. At this point, you should be thinking, I know, I got it. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Got it memorized, I'll never, ever forget it. Jesus is our model. And here's what we need to realize as we look through Scripture and then we look at the reality of life. There's no better or more difficult role model to have for loving difficult people than Jesus. There's nobody better, and there's no one who makes it harder than Jesus. There are lots of people in the Bible that I would rather choose from in dealing with difficult people than Jesus. God, why can't we just be like Noah? When Noah lived and his family was going crazy and the world was going crazy, he just got drunk and went to bed. Why can't he be my role model? And God's like, no, he's not your role model. Why can't I be like Moses? Moses was a good guy. When he dealt with difficult people, he just killed him. Why can't I be like Moses? And God's like, no, can't be like Moses. How about Gideon? 
When Gideon dealt with difficult people, he literally tore thorns and briars out of the ground and he beat them with them. Why can't I just be like Gideon? And God says, no, you can't be like Gideon. Well, how about the apostle Peter? Like when, when people made him mad, he tried to cut their heads off with a sword. He missed. He wasn't, he wasn't a good swordsman. He only copped their ear. But why can't I be like Peter? And God says, no, you can't be like Peter. What about Paul? When Paul disagreed with people, we just put him in prison. Why can't everyone who disagrees with me spiritually just go to jail? Those are not our examples. Jesus is our example. Nobody's a better role model No one is a more difficult role model in this area than Jesus because he he asked us to do some crazy things for difficult people, and then he does them first. Jesus is a great role model, but he's a difficult role model because what he asked us to do and how we love difficult people is almost it. We would say it was impossible if we'd never seen someone do it first, but... He does it. What's the crazy stuff he asks us to do? I tell you, love your enemies. That's crazy. Nobody does that. Pray for those who persecute you. That's crazy. Nobody does that. That you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. No. Nobody that we read about in the Bible does those things except for Jesus. And he's the one we're supposed to be like. Love your enemies. Jesus models this in his ministry. Romans 5.8, Romans 5.10 tells us that Jesus loves his enemies. God demonstrates. Here's how God shows what love looks like. He demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And here's what it means that we were sinners we were God's enemies. Because we were sinners, we were, we were God's enemies. But Jesus loved us anyway. We were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Jesus says, love your enemies. And you say, that's crazy. No one will do that. And Jesus said, I will. Well, you are my enemies. I will give my life for you. That's how much I will love you so that you may know who God in heaven is. Pray for those who persecute you. Jesus did this too. He modeled this in his ministry on the cross at the most difficult moment in his life, praying over probably the most difficult people that could ever exist in any of our life. Jesus says of them, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. In his most difficult moment, speaking over people who have hurt him the most, he prays for them. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Like, God, I got 66 books full of people who don't do that but still love you. Can't I choose one of them? And God says, no, because this whole book is about one man and his name is Jesus. And he does do that. And his followers should too. Which forces us to ask a really hard question, and I want you to tune in if you've tuned out. Here's the question. Are we Jesus followers or Jesus learners? Are we Jesus followers or Jesus learners? Because the world is trying to figure this out. And they need to know there's a difference between learning all the stuff about Jesus and living like Jesus. Amen? 
Because Jesus learners and Jesus followers are not the same thing. And people who learn about Jesus without living for Jesus are not appealing to anyone who doesn't know Jesus. As a matter of fact, they're repulsive to people who don't know Jesus. Amen? So, so we live in a church world that says head knowledge is really, really important. And if you can feel it when they sing your favorite worship song, that's cool too. But you don't have to put it into practice because Moses didn't and Abraham didn't and Peter and Paul, for God's sake, didn't. So like we don't either. And Jesus said, no, no, no. Like they are not your teachers. I am your teacher. And I'm not looking for students. I'm looking for followers. It's why we started this entire series with this really dynamic quote from historian Will Durant who studied world leaders and movements in world history who said there's a difference between knowing and doing. Jesus undoubtedly stands out above all others as having the most powerful and permanent influence on the thought of mankind. However, his teachings have not had a corresponding effect on man's actions. Someone who studied the history of the world to find leaders who created movements said this guy created an unbelievable philosophical movement. But practically, people are not living it out. They know it, they like it, they teach it, they worship it. There are some of us who worship the Bible more than Jesus. We love the truth. We love knowing the truth. We love having the truth. We just don't act like the truth. And that is not an option for followers of Jesus. There's a difference between learning. Listen, there's a difference between learning something and becoming something. And Christianity is a becoming thing, not a learning thing. So Jesus says, I will go first, and I will ask you to follow me. This was his word as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee. Saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. And he said, come, follow me. Someone say follow. Follow me. It's the Greek word, akalutheo. It conveys in the Greek language the idea of being committed to imitating the one you are following. Come be like me, not come learn from me. Come be like me. So I grew up in the late 80s, early 90s. And at that time, there was a really annoying, what we found out later, kind of perverted, highly broken character on TV that kids watch called Pee Wee Herman. Anybody remember Pee Wee Herman? What a weird little guy Pee Wee Herman was that our parents would let us watch him. Shame on our parents for letting us... (laughs) And he, and he would copy people in a way that would annoy them. And, and a whole generation of kids grew up knowing if you wanted to annoy your brother or sister, you just copy them. You just say everything that they would say until they would say something that, like, you didn't want to say. Like, you, you would just be, did anyone ever have somebody do that to you or did you do that to anybody? Are you, are you a copycat? <laughs> are you a copycat of Jesus? especially when it comes to how he deals with difficult people. Are you a copycat of Jesus? Has he ever had to look at you and say, stop doing everything I'm doing? Stop saying everything I'm saying. Mom, if they don't, like, stop it. Stop it. You stop. Like, you stop. Like, stop it. What Jesus is saying is, I'm looking for copycats. Who is in? That's why the Apostle Paul said Christianity can be boiled down to this statement. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Paul said, act like me because I'm acting like Jesus. K 
can you say that? Especially in how it, in how it comes to how you deal with difficult people. Can you tell everyone in your life, when you think about the most difficult person in your life, can you say, just act like me because I'm acting like Jesus? That's what it means to follow the model, to become a copycat of Jesus. And Jesus didn't just say he loved difficult people. He showed it. And he doesn't just tell us we need to know about it. He tells us that we need to show it. It's a massive challenge. Be like me. But he is a model who he's done what he's taught us to do, and he's shown us that it can be done. So we see a challenge. We see a model. But then we have to understand the standard that God is judging us by. I've got a verse that maybe you've never heard. I want to throw it up on the screen one time. Matthew 5, 48. Here's the standard. Here's the standard. It was good enough. Well, because of God's grace and forgiveness, because of God's grace and forgiveness before you become a follower of Jesus, just receiving his grace and forgiveness is good enough. But after you become a follower of Jesus, here's your standard. Be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Jesus has been teaching us for 10 weeks that spiritually we have to be. He's going to give us three groups of people that spiritually we have to be better than. And then one target that we have to try to hit. Spiritually, you must be better than three. You must aim for one. Spiritually, you must be, number one, better than the religious leaders who had spiritual habits, but they didn't have spirit-filled hearts. He starts off the entire section of this teaching by saying, spiritually, you got to be better than the religious leader. They had spiritual habits, but they did not have spirit-filled hearts. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus would say, like your lips and your actions make it sound like you're spiritual, but your hearts are really, really far from me. Western Christianity, Western Christianity, I believe, leans too much towards habits and not enough towards heart. We make a decision, but not a commitment. Some would say that's not biblical Christianity. We say Jesus died so he could become a part of our life without being willing to die to ourselves so we could become a part of his family and his mission. We have some habits, but we don't have a heart change. Our schedules change a little bit. Sundays, Tuesday night, men's and women's ministry, maybe even early Monday. Our schedules change, but our spirits never do. We create some new habits, but our hearts never change. And other than a few religious activities, other than a few changes in our scheduling, nothing in our relational or emotional life changes at all. Nothing in how we deal with people changes. Nothing in how we deal with hard times changes. We are the same person inside. We just learned to clean it up a little bit on the outside. The Pharisees and the Sadducees and the teachers of the law had the religious stuff down, but their hearts had never been transformed by Jesus. And Jesus said, you have to be better than that. You have to be better spiritually than people who just have a little religion in their life. You have to be better than people who, who like Sunday morning for 90 minutes is enough Jesus for them for the entire, like you have to be better than that. You're also going to have to be better, number two, than the tax collectors who only love people who could give them something in return. Everyone loves people who love you back. 
But Jesus says, spiritually, you got to be better than the tax collectors because they only love people who can give them something in return. If you love those who love you, what reward are you going to get spiritually? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? The thing I love about this verse, who wrote this verse? Hint, his name is on the screen. I'll ask again. For those of you in the video teaching service, no one answered the question. I just want you to know. The thing that I love about this verse If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing this? Who wrote this verse? His name is on the screen. What was his job? You don't think everyone looked at him when Jesus said this? He had to think, come on. Like, there's a hundred jobs you could have picked. Why'd you choose mine? But then he writes it down and he's like, he's right. He's right. If you've never been offended or hurt or convicted by the teaching of Jesus, you've not listened closely enough. Because you've got to learn how to sit at the feet of Jesus and hear him tell you your way is not good enough and follow him anyway. Matthew's sitting there taking notes, and Jesus said, you've got to be better than a lot of people, better than Matthew. You imagine doing this in small group? Try it one night. Just say, guys, spiritually, we're going to have a challenge. And I'm telling you, we just all have to be better than Tommy because he don't, he don't get it right. See how that goes in your small group. See how the prayer time at the end is and if you receive any text messages throughout the week. But Matthew says, yep. Before I met Jesus, I only loved people for what they could give me. Yep. He's right. Any of you catch episode three of The Chosen, season two? I'm telling you, if you're a Jesus follower who loves scripture, you got to watch this show. You got to find it and you got to watch it. Because the end of episode three, the disciples were really attacking Matthew. It shows a good picture of how much tax collectors were hated because of how they took advantage of people. Yet Jesus says, that difficult person, If I can change their heart and life, they can serve me well. But you have to be better than the tax collector. You have to be better than the people who only love those who can do something for them. And this is the one where I, this is where I think the American church in 2021 really needs to listen closely. You have to be better than the pagans. That means godless people. They have no religion at all. You have to be better than pagans who only love people just like them Tune in for just a second, because we got some growing to do as a people of God in our country. Listen to this verse. If you greet only your own people, let's stop. Who's your people? Who's your people? I'm going to name some groups in a minute, and I'm going to ask you if you're friends with their people too. If you only love your own people, how does that show the world Jesus? What does that do? Do not even people who are not religious and who don't believe God. Don't, everybody loves their own people. So to my Republican friends, you got any Democrats you love and respect? I'm not talking about that you know and are nice to. I'm talking about my Republican friends. You got any Democrat friends who you would die for? You just don't agree on your politics. But you love them anyway. To my Democrat friends, you got any Republicans like that? To my double mask, double vax 
people. I got both vaccinations. I'm still wearing two masks. I think it's the right thing to do morally. Okay. You got any no mask, no vax friends that you've had coffee with six feet apart in the last year? Or are you only with your own people? To those of you with an NRA membership, got any good friends who really care about gun control? I'm not talking about people you tolerate. I'm talking about people you love. People you do life with. You just totally disagree with them on this one issue of life. Chiefs fans. You got any Raiders friends? Hey, Christian, you have gone too far right now. Like, that is blasphemy. The others make sense. That is blasphemy. God strike you dead. Okay, maybe we don't have to go that far. But the others, if you only love your own people, (laughs) if Jesus would have only loved his own people, he'd have never loved us. We weren't his people. We were the raiders. Yeah, I was like, please don't. That's worse than a sinner. No, we were the raiders. We were the raiders. And Jesus loved us anyway. The pagans love like that. Church, we're Jesus followers. We have to love better than pagans. People don't have to agree with you on everything if they agree with you on Jesus for them to live in relationship with you. Amen? We got to be better than pagans. Jesus said you have to do better. You have to do better than pagans. And ultimately, spiritually, you got to be just like Jesus because it's for Jesus. Spiritually, you got to be just like Jesus because it's for Jesus. Here's our two verses that frame our teaching today. Be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect so that people may see him. Aim for Jesus because people need Jesus. Like this is the summary of the entire series. Aim for Jesus. He's your standard because people need Jesus. He's their savior and they will not be able to see him unless your life shines him in a dark world. Amen? Aim for Jesus because people need Jesus, just like Jesus for Jesus. It's really hard to do this with difficult people. You say, how how am I going to take the leap from who I have been to who Jesus wants me to be? You got to close the gap. Or you got to learn how to live in the gap between beliefs and behavior. See, Jesus followers allow their beliefs to guide their behaviors. And they trust God in the massive gap in between the two. Here's what I believe, but here's what I'm experiencing. We live our life by a set of beliefs that shape our behaviors. But often our beliefs, our beliefs don't add directly to our behaviors. There's a gap between what we believe and what we experience. So you say, how do we get there with difficult people? We have said our beliefs must be centered on seven foundations with difficult people or our behavior will never change. What must our beliefs be when we deal with difficult people? We must believe that God is in control. 
We must believe that people are broken and they need grace. We must believe that we can't control every outcome, but we are accountable for our own life. We have to believe that it's up to us to be honest. We have to believe that while people don't earn or deserve our love, because of how much we trust God, we will choose to love people because our reliance is not based on the good people or the difficult people in our life. Our reliance in life is based on our God. And because we aim for being who God called us to be, we live in a way that loves others well. When these become your beliefs, your behavior will change. And how does our behavior change? Two ways. We will begin to love difficult people and we will begin to pray for difficult people. If we see them, we'll treat them like we would want to be treated. If we know that they have a need, we will meet that need. We will care for their souls, even if we don't care for their fellowship. We'll love them and we'll pray for them. We'll pray for them. And our prayer for them is that they may know Jesus in a way that will transform their soul. I absolutely love the prayer journal that we use at our Monday morning prayer services and our Sunday evening monthly family prayer services. Because every week, one of the things that we're asked to fill in is the people on my heart this week. And every week when I get to this little blank, the people on my heart that I fill in, they they fall in three categories. It's anyone that I have a meeting scheduled with that week that I'm praying for. It's anyone who has asked me to pray for them. And then it's any person that week who I feel has been causing me any difficult trouble at all. Every Monday, I'm praying for them because the only way to live between belief and behavior is to pray because in praying, you develop the strength that Jesus wants you to have. Next week, we get out of Matthew chapter five. We get into Matthew chapter six, and we're going to spend a month in Matthew chapter six in a series titled Jesus in Inner Strength. And what we're going to ask Jesus to do is to help us live in the space between belief and behavior belief and behavior by putting all of our trust in all of our relationship into God. The question as we close this series is what belief do you need to embrace so that your behavior might change? Let's look at the list one more time. What belief do you need to embrace in this season so that your behavior might change? Sovereignty, God's in control. Grace, people are broken. Humility, you can't control every outcome. Accountability, you're only accountable for your own actions. Honesty, yes is yes and no is no. Love, it's hard to love people, but I trust God enough to try. And reliance, I trust and rely more on God than I do other people. For this series to work, these have to become the beliefs of your heart and life when it comes to dealing with difficult people. Which are the aspects that you need to believe so your behavior can change. I've got four. I've been focusing on this list for more than a month now. These are the four I would circle. If I was taking notes today and I thought, what have I in 2020 and 2021, what have I had to remind myself of over and over and over again? Which of these do not come natural in this season? These are the ones that I have to remember. I believe this so that my behavior honors Jesus. Sovereignty. I have to remind myself over and over and over and over and over again, God is in control. If I don't believe that, sometimes my actions and my behavior do not honor Jesus. Grace. Every person I interact with is hopelessly broken without Jesus. If I don't remember that, I may not treat them with as much grace as Jesus would treat them. 
So I've been asking God in this series to help me with that. Accountability. Realizing that I'm accountable to God for my integrity and my actions. I'm not responsible for someone else. I am responsible for me. And no matter what they do to me, one day I will stand before God and he will say, why'd you do that to them? Accountability. And then love. Trusting God enough to love people well, even when everything in their life seems to repel the love that I would want to give them and probably the love that God would want to give them. Which ones would you circle? Because if we're going to deal with difficult people, our beliefs have to change. Because only when our belief changes will our behavior change and only when our behavior, only when the world sees followers of Jesus behaving like Jesus will the world have any hope of changing. Amen? That's our goal. That's our goal. Act like Jesus. Copycat Jesus. Be his follower, which means become like him. If you can figure out one or two areas, really zone in this summer, I think you can grow and I think you can have impact. Would you bow your heads and pray with me as we consider these things? In our video teaching services, our campus pastor is going to come and lead in prayer right now. For those of you here, heads are bowed and eyes are closed. What's God saying to you today and what steps do you need to take? Pretty simple. I've laid it out step by step. Which of the seven foundations do you need to grow in? Sovereignty, grace, humility, accountability, honesty, love, and reliance. You've heard my four. Sovereignty, grace, accountability, and love. I'm asking God to help me. Number two, what difficult person do you need to trust God with today? I'm going to ask you to treat them like Jesus said today. I'm going to ask you to pray for them. And I'm going to ask you to pray that God will show you how to love them. It may be the only way they'll see Jesus. If you know the answer to number one, the foundation that you need, if you have a person for number two, would you just pause right now? Ask God to help you in the area of belief that you need belief with. And then practice the behavior of Jesus. Pray right now for a difficult person in your life. Pray for them that their heart may be open to who Jesus is. Ask God to help you love them. Finally, if you're here today or watching online, you are not a follower of Jesus. You don't know him personally. You need to know that Jesus loves you. He lived for you. He died on the cross so that your sin and unfaithfulness could be forgiven so you could be close to him and right with God. If you've never said yes to Jesus, today you can open up your heart and receive his love and commit to follow him. You say, how do I do that? You believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth. You open up your heart. You say a prayer. If you don't know what to pray, you can repeat a prayer like this after me, just from your heart to heaven. You don't have to pray out loud. Just say, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me of my past. Heal me of my hurt. Lead me in my future. Today I accept your love and I surrender my life to your leadership and I commit to follow you. If you just prayed that prayer in just a second, Pastor Ryan will come and tell you how you can connect with us so we can give you some resources, pray with you, talk with you, answer questions that you have, celebrate with you. 
But Father, as we close this service and we close this series, man, we're challenged. Lord, we're so challenged to answer the questions, are we Jesus followers or Jesus learners? There's a difference. And the world desperately needs to know that Jesus followers behave like Jesus. Lord, let your teaching get beyond skin deep in our life and let it change our hearts and our attitudes and our actions and our reactions so that by pursuing Jesus, we may show the world who you are and how you love. That's our prayer. We can't do it without you. But God, if you'll help us, we're in. We're in. We love you. And God, we ask these things in Jesus' name today. And everyone said, amen.